This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for what you do and how you do them. I thank you for using us. I thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve. I thank you for giving us the strength to say yes. And we'll continue to say yes. And as we hear your word this morning, you open our hearts to receive. You cause us to grow. Because only your word has a capacity to change. So we're ready for a change. We'll praise you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, in the next 25 minutes, I'm just going to be um, having a quick chat with you about extra. And we started this topic on Friday, and we talked about extra walk. And yesterday, we talked about extra anticipation. And today, I want us to talk about extra in all that you do. Now, why did we choose the word extra? God spoke to us at the beginning of the year that our year, because every year we have a tag for, um, you know, a word for the year. But this year, God said it's, it's a year of fruitfulness and abundance. A year of fruitfulness and abundance. And that's lovely. But then we started to explore what that actually means for our church. And not only for our church, for us as individuals. And what we found, that fruitfulness, it's beautiful, being productive, it's lovely. But then he added another thing to which is which is abundance. Abundance suggests that you're not only fruitful, but you've come to the point where you're overflowing. Abundance is much more than you need. Abundance is extra. All right. So we started to think about that. So if abundance is extra, in other words, God is bringing us to this place where what we're doing is not just the normal requirement, but something that goes way beyond, way above and beyond the normal things that we usually do for ourselves, to people, and towards God. So at the beginning of the year, we started thinking about extra worship. We started thinking about extra walk. We started thinking about extra praise. And on this occasion, we've started also thinking about a closer walk, an extra walk with God. And we're thinking about extra anticipation. Yesterday, we talked about filling up the jars. Filling up the jars. But today, we're talking about extra in all that you do. Because the one who deserves a promotion, the worker who deserves the promotion, is not the one who does what has been asked to do, what is he or she has been asked to do. The one who deserves the promotion is the one who goes above and beyond. Is that true? And as God's child, we kind of have our own responsibilities about what we could do and how, how we can do them. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's lovely. But you see, whatever we start to do, over time it becomes normal. 
But God does not want us to stay at that level of normal. God expects something much more. And it's important for us to actually bring something much more because when you are at normal, you no longer get inspired. I was still here. We no longer get inspired. And there are people, or think about it as a worker, if you've been working five years and, um, and your weekly pay, you started probably at $5,000 a week. And in five, six, seven years, you're still earning $5,000 a week. There's no growth there. Although the initial time when you started, you loved it. You thought this was amazing. But very quickly, after two years of no promotion, you're going to start getting bored and thinking, man, I deserve more. But whilst other people might be looking at you and going, well, he's earning $5,000 a week and I'm earning only $700 a week. I don't mind earning $5,000 a week. But you start to get bored because you've been there. And you've remained normal. It's become a stale position. But every one of us wants to move forward. Wants to move upward. Wants to be productive in the things that we do. If you've got five clients... After five years, possibly you want, you want them to increase, or rather, you want the per head to increase. In line with inflation, they say. Inflation is a good excuse to increase cost, isn't it? But my thought about that this morning is how can we move on? upward and forward in the things that we do regardless of how good it seems to be right now. How can we? How can we increase our productivity? How can we increase the way we see things? How can we increase the way we perceive others? How can we increase the way we perceive our relationships? How can we increase the way we perceive those people who work with us? Those people who work for us? How can we inspire them even more? How can we At times we've come to the place where our colleagues is just our colleagues and your responsibility is just to laugh with them, talk with them every day, and then do your work and go home. But it's come to the point where we've got to be impactful. We've come to the point where we need our presence at our offices to be inspiring to others. Why? Because we are not ordinary people. We are God's people. Oh, Amen. It's true, we're God's people. We're not just ordinary people. And the Bible says we're God's people. And he has given us everything we ever need for life and godliness. So we, we do not need to just sit on it without allowing it to evolve, allowing it to develop and become productive to the point where you have extra to share. So what can we do to improve on the way we perceive others, to improve on our relationships, to improve on ourselves? What can we do? My first thought is to look for ways So invest in yourself. 
Look for ways to invest in yourself. And looking for ways to invest in yourself means that I'm not just comfortable with where I'm at. I'm seeking opportunities to be better than myself. So, you see, I'm not talking about seeking opportunities to be better than others. Because the work is not about competition. The work is about internal competition that can lead to productivity, a higher productivity level. So what can we do to increase our productivity level? Number one is to recognize who you are as a child of God. Who are you? You're valuable. You're loved. If you were the only one on earth, Jesus will still come and die for you. Who are you? Are you a scrummed up $5 note? Or are you um, a clean $5 note? But regardless whether you're scrummed up or you're clean, you're still $5 note. Are you still here? So your value has not declined based on what you're going through in life. Your value as a child of God does not decline because you're going through challenges right now and someone else is, you know, having all that they ever wished for in the world. So as a scrummed up $5 note, I'm speaking to you. Don't devalue yourself. Look for ways to find yourself in the wallet, in the, in the wallet, not in the pocket of a child. Because when you find yourself in a wallet, you're starting to stretch out again. So in other words, find yourself in line where God has called you and improve on yourself. Scrummed up or straight, you never decline in value. And can I also say to you that your exchange rate you might not understand your value until that $5 is taken to a different place. And then another person is given the opportunity to value it in their own currency. There are some currencies that are higher than the Australian dollars. There are some currencies that are way lower than the Australian dollars. I heard that so many years ago, probably in the 50s or so, there was a time when uh, the Nigerian Naira was at par with the Australian dollars. Uh, so in other words, one Nigerian Naira would buy one Australian dollar, one uh, American dollars. But today, one American dollars buys how much? 360, not 36, not 3.6, 360. What am I saying with that? That your value never changes. But the things that have happened in your life, other people might see it and interpret it in a whole different way. But all I say to you is keep your value. Keep who you are. 
continue to trust God. You might be going through situations right now. Hey, God does not look at you and think, oh, well, John, you're going through a situation now. You are less of a child to me than other people. No, God loves John as much as he loves Graham. Graham might be the CEO of a company and John might be just uh, an employee in that same organization. But God loves you both the same. And your thought is not about, oh, yeah, this is where I'm, I am at. I'm probably just going to die here. No. How about you develop on yourself? Because God loves you and he wants you to grow. He wants you to understand who you are and what is made available for you. Hallelujah. All right. So let's read this very quickly. Genesis chapter 26. Verse 1 and 2. Verse 26, uh, chapter 26, verse 1 says, Now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerah. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Do not go down to Egypt, but live in the land where I tell you to live. How many of us have come to the place where you feel like, I need to change a few things? You feel like, ah, oh, this list is not good enough anymore. I think your first step should be, ask God, God, what would you like me to do? Because the blessing is not in the place. The blessing is in you. So when you are blessed, wherever you go, that blessing comes along. Someone rightly said, he said, hey, take away everything I've ever owned, everything I've become. He said, take it away. Take me to the wilderness. Take me to the desert somewhere. He said, I will reproduce. He said, the only thing you've got to leave with me is my mouth and a Bible. Because he knows how to speak back to life. Hallelujah. So God is saying to Isaac here, say, hey, don't go down to Egypt. Because Egypt back then was the, um, was the word power. And everything was going for Egypt. But where he was in Gerah with Abimelech, he felt trapped. There was famine in the land. Things were difficult. And of course, as people, you know, rational people would think, Let's leave this place and let's go to where things are happening. And Isaac thought about the same thing. And God went, came through that whole thought and said, don't go. Stay in the land where I tell you. Stay in the land and I will bless you. And let, let's see what happened here. In verse 3, it says, stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all this land and will confirm the oath I swore to your father, Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all this land. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. So what happened? So Isaac stayed in Gerah. And if you studied later, you realize that the same year, Isaac decided, okay, now I'm here. I'm not quite sure what to do, but God says stay in this land. So I'm just going to plant. I'm just going to get my hands dirty. I'm just going to start doing something for myself. I'm not going to just sit down and wait for things to fall from heaven on my lap. I'm going to start doing something. 
All right? So he started doing something. And the Bible says um, in, in verse 12, we realize that Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year he reaped a hundredfold. The same year. He didn't say five years later. In the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. In other words, he increased. And why do you think Isaac increased? Number one, he obeyed God's voice. At times we rationalize things. So in the same year, he sold and he reaped. And the reason was because Isaac obeyed God. He said, well, possibly everything turned in the land. No, everything didn't turn because other people did what Isaac did and things didn't happen. Because the blessing was in Isaac. It was not on the land. It was in Isaac. So Isaac decided, okay, so if the blessing is in me and God says to, do, uh, to stay in this land, what am I going to do? I'm not just going to sit down. And guess what? If Isaac had sat down doing nothing, nothing would have happened. But he heard God's voice and said, okay, so while I wait, I'll get my hands dirty. He got his hands dirty and God blessed him the same year. Guess what? Verse 16. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, who is Abimelech? Abimelech was the chief of the place, the king of the place. So he's meant to be the biggest and richest, right? In the land. But hear what he said in verse 16. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. This was Isaac who was about to escape. Escape the land because of famine. But he heard God's voice and stayed back. Then, because he heard God's voice and was obedient to God's voice, hey, he became too powerful for the land. So they asked him, hey, move. Go away from us. You're too smart for us. You're too powerful for us. Do you know that's God's promise for our house? That the more we get our hands dirty and keep hearing God's voice, it will come to the point that you'll just be too powerful. You'll just be too powerful. Don't consider where you are right now. And actually, all you need to consider is the voice that you hear. What voices speaks to your ears? What voices do you listen to? We could listen to voices in Channel 7. How much good will it do you? We could listen to the news AM to PM. It's good to get information. But don't run with that information. Because that information only constitutes fear. It's great. I love the news. But most, mostly in the news, what I find in five minutes, um, you hear as much bad news as possible. And after each bad news, there's an ad. Okay? And probably the ad is asking you to do a particular thing. Buy something that will make your legs soft. And then you buy it and it doesn't work. 
Okay, it's all good. But I'm saying, don't run by the news. Don't lean on the news. News is good. Information is good. It's great. But hey, don't let your life be run by the information you get on TV. Amen. All right. Let's round this off. I promise to keep to my time today. Verse 17. Check this. So they asked Isaac to move away. Leave us. You're too big for us. Okay. Isaac did. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gera where he settled. Isaac reopened the worlds that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died and gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. Uh, we don't have the time to read through all, but you realize that everywhere Isaac dug, he found water. But wherever the other guys dug, they didn't find water. So every time Isaac dug a well, they will come and take over the, the property and go, well, that well is for us, it's in our land, it's not yours, we're taking it over. Guess what Isaac did? Because Isaac knew that the blessing was not in the water. It was not in the well. It was in him. He will move forward and dig another well. So everywhere he dug well, he found water. What does that suggest to you? That the blessing in your spirit is not regulated by people. And don't allow people to have so much power over you to the point where they become the one who regulates how you think. It's not regulated by the government, can I say. Don't be a tax evader. The government wants to take some tax. Let them take it. It's okay. It's all right. But your wealth is not dependent on the system of the government. It's not dependent. Your blessing, your happiness, your joy is not dependent on the system of the government. Your blessing and your happiness is dependent on God's word. It's dependent on the Holy Spirit who is in you. He's dependent. And all I say to you is keep hearing God's voice. Keep hearing him speak to you. Don't pack your bags yet. Don't run away yet. Let hear his voice. If he says stay in this land, come on, stay in the land. Do you know what happens at times? At times when God says stay in the land and you decide to stay in the land, the situation in the land gets worse. Can I suggest to you that one way to actually understand that there's a blessing on the way is when things start to get worse. But if God had not said stay in the land and you stay in the land and things are getting worse, don't think that's good things coming. Okay, you need to be able to understand if this is God's work or this is just you. It's good to be discerning. It's good to be rational, but not in the place of God's word. Hallelujah. And at times in our lives, at times in our relationship, things happen. You know, yesterday I was talking about a few things about, you know, how... We have some heavy conversation, especially as a team. My, 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 you know, my team, we have really 
interesting conversation at times. And you're going, oh, Michael, are you like this? And yeah, at times. <laughs> um, but but when, when we do need to talk about things that could get us in trouble, we need to talk. This is serious now. All right, this is serious. This is heavy stuff. We need to talk. If someone is going to be held responsible, they're coming first for me. But I kind of try to put other people ahead too. All right, it's not only me. Okay, but we need to talk about it. We, we don't go, well, you know, God, you know, God looks after us, so let's not think about the government. No. We've got to think about the government because the government has been instituted by God. So we've got to pray for the government so that we as a church can live in peace. That's what Paul said. Hallelujah. So we pray for the government. We pray for the system of the government. We pray for Scott Morrison. We pray, and not just because Scott is a Christian. We prayed for um, Tony Abbott. And you say, well, but he's half Christian. Well, that, that's good. But aside from that, <laughs> but we prayed for others as well. And we will continue to pray. Whether it's a Christian that goes on there or whoever goes on there, we'll continue to pray for them. Why? Because our words have got power. Amen. It's got power. Amen. And whatever we say should change in our nation, will change. Amen. Amen. So don't ever give up on what God has asked us to do. And in every way, continue to ask God, God, what do you want me to do now? What's the next step you want me to take? You might have everything figured out. But hey, don't depend on your mindset. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path, right? He will direct your path. It's trust him. Trust him with all your heart. Trust him with all your heart. You saw a contract, $5 million contract. You go, whoa, that is good. And God says, nope. You go, God, come on, you're not thinking. God says, nope. Say, so, okay. God, hold on. In the name of Jesus, I bind you, devil. He's not devil. At times God speaks to you and you probably might just think, this is the devil that is holding a blessing from me. And I'm talking about contracts, but it's all the same thing that we do in our relationships as well at times. When God is saying, this is not the right person, you say, but God is handsome. God has got six pack. I mean, God, he's got a six-figure salary. Come on, God, do something. And God is saying, nope. I can see 10 years from now. I can see your face swollen somewhere. So, no. And then we start to cast and bind the devil. Say, well, this guy is good. And then we lose senses of voices of reasoning. Uh, and then we go, yeah, but God, it's okay. And God is even saying, hey, okay, how about this? He's not even a Christian. So, but he doesn't have to be a Christian. I love him. Okay, good luck. But when things start to happen, don't blame God. Don't blame him. But it's important for us to hear God's word and hear his voice. And when he speaks to your spirit and say, hey, this is enough. Or change this. Or it's time to move on. Or it's time to move forward. Don't do like every other person. Hear like Isaac heard. 
God said to Isaac, stay in the land and I will bless you. Say to someone, stay in the land. Don't escape. And God will bless you. You see, in the same year, the Bible said Isaac sowed in the land. See, when you stay in the land, you're not only just obedient, you get to work. That was my number two point, right? You get to work. When you get to work, God blesses the work of your hand. It's not dependent on what you do. It's dependent on the heart behind what you do. Are you still here? It's true. It's not dependent on what you do. Some people might, you know, might be working as a cleaner and some are working as CEOs of the place where you're cleaning. It's not dependent on what you do. It's dependent on your heart behind it. All right. It's dependent on your heart. So stay in the land and God blesses you. At times God says, okay, come on, keep on cleaning because very quickly you're going to own cleaning businesses. You never can tell where God is taking you. But you could jump from being a cleaner and go, oh, no, I just want to be a manager. Then you could be a manager and never be productive. You'd be fired from one organization to another until no one is hiring you because everyone knows you now. Stay in the land. My last point is, while you're staying in the land, stay in your lane. Identify your lane. Don't go, oh, Janet is doing this. I really like the way Janet is doing it. No, she's been called to do what she's doing. She's been called to do what she's doing. You probably not, might not have been called to do exactly what Janet is doing. So stay in your lane. Identify what God has asked you to do. There are some people that, that God says to, come, leave that country. There are people in the Bible that God said, leave that country. And go to a place that I will show you. Abraham, you remember him? Abraham. God said, leave the city of all and go to a land that I will show you. But when it came to Isaac, God said to Isaac, stay in the land. And every time we listen to God, things works out. When Isaac moved on and decided halfway through to go to Egypt because there was famine in Canaan, where God already said, I'm giving you this land. Guess what happened? He almost lost his wife. All right? To the same Abimelech. Actually, Abimelech's father. He almost lost his wife. He got into the land. He realized, that was when he realized that his wife was very beautiful. And he went, Sarah? Sarah? Why are you calling me? Sarah? When we go into that land, you're going to tell them you're my sister. Um, because these people are terrible. But he still went anyway. He went. He went. Because he was acting out of God's will at that point. So he went to, went to that city, to Egypt, until Abimelech went, call that girl. She's beautiful. Bring her in. And she went in. Thank God nothing happened. Because something would have happened. And Sarah possibly wasn't willing to say, I'm Abraham's wife. Because they knew that would cost them their life. But God broke through and went to Abimelech at night and said, if you touch that woman, you're dead. And uh, the following morning, Abimelech went back to Abraham. Do you know, in that dream, God did not tell Abimelech, it's Abraham's wife. God only just threatened Abimelech, don't touch that woman. If you touch her, you're done. And Abimelech went to Abraham the following morning and said, you didn't tell me she was your wife. All right, everything that I've given you, including the sheep, the ram, the goats, everything, it's yours now, take it, take your wife and leave my city. So when he came to Isaac, 
Isaac's turn. Same famine. And he thought, dad has done this before. Let's do this too. And God came and said, no, you stay. Can I say to you, God may have spoken to Dove to do something. And you might have seen what God has spoken to Dove and you thought, oh, that was good, let me follow through. Did God tell you? Listen out for yourself. Listen to God. And one way of listening is sharpening your spirit. Study God's word. Pray about it. And ask God, God, what would you like me to do? It's a year of extra, and he expects extra from all of us. God, what would you like me to do? Can we take that room as a question that we need to ponder on? God, what would you like me to do? What's my next step? I don't want to stay on this step. I'm enjoying this step, but it's become a comfort zone. You see, comfort zone, at comfort zone, you don't grow. You don't grow. Take it a step up so that your capacity can be challenged. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Can we stand on our feet? I just want to pray for us as a church. That as God has already spoken over us, fruitfulness and abundance, that you will not struggle. That you will not be scared to take the next step that God is asking you to take. In the name of Jesus. That wherever you place your hands to do prospers. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you will speak your word to each and everyone here. To understand the next step they've got to take. God, I thank you because they will not misinterpret your word and walk in the path that you've not chosen. But Lord, you will keep their attention on you. You will keep their focus on you. And I speak peace over your people, God. I speak blessing over your people. I speak healing over your people, God. I thank you, God, because this sickness is not unto death. But for your glory, God, in the name of Jesus I pray over your businesses. I pray over your careers. I pray over, you know, your education. Oh, God, I thank you. Because they are staying in their lane. And they are seeing progress in their lane. In the name of Jesus. I praise you, God, because even as we all come together, God, we will become those people that other people want to reckon with. In the name of Jesus. Not because we are super special than them, but because we have Jesus. Because we have your word. Because we are obedient. And we are staying in our lane. We praise you God. In Jesus name. Amen. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge. And we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website. www.thetransedge.com Or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com or on Facebook, The Trans Edge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable.